Steve and Jill here. Hello. Welcome to the Land Academy Show, entertaining land investment talk. I'm Stephen Jack Butala. I'm Jill DeWitt, broadcasting from the Valley of the Sun. Today, once again, Lori Phillips joins us in a reverse role. She's actually going to interview Jill and I uh, and hopefully ask some questions that Jill and I, or discuss some topics that Jill and I have forgotten to cover because we're so neck deep into this whole business. This is Lori's show today. This is what this is. Lori gets to lead the show and ask whatever she wants. I'm so excited. Me too. Hi, Lori. Right. Great. Well, thank you for inviting me to be back on. Uh, I know we spent a lot of time together on our Thursday calls and in career path and the advanced member calls, but um, I've, I've really never had the opportunity to sit down and just kind of grill you on some of these things and get your opinion. I'll, I'm sure you'll have one. So <laughs> um, to get started, I uh, have been a business consultant for most of my life. And very, very early on, I was taught that when you interview people, you start out with a really easy question to kind of warm them up. So here's my question for you to get started. Have you ever lived on railroad tracks? Yes. No. <laughs> do you want some details on that? Well, I do want I do want details, and then I'll tell question. you why I'm asking. I'm a little nervous right now. I just got to say, I realized, woo, it's different being Jill's, on the other side. Yeah, Jill's going to learn something. Go ahead, Steve. The uh, freight rail went straight through the middle of Michigan State's campus where uh, I was graduated, and I had a dorm for, it was less than a year because I couldn't take it. Uh, because of this, uh, this exact topic. So we, I lived, yeah, right on, it was like right out of a movie, right on the tracks. In fact, one of our extracurricular activities, as you can imagine, was to uh, have a bunch of beers and then go out and stand as close to the train flying by as you possibly can. And if you've ever not, if you've never done that, you need to do that in your life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've never lived next to railroad tracks, but I had my own version. In Tustin, I lived right next to the five, like literally our backyard, <laughs> a wall freeway. So we did have, did a version of that. And because uh, it's Southern California, it never stopped. So you just got used to that hum of the cars. I, to this day, I can't stand to be anywhere near an, an interstate. I know, exactly. Uh, probably because of the train. Scathing. That's all we could afford. That was my first with my roommate and I when we first moved out. That's what we could afford. Can we ask you the same thing? The same no, question? Oh, we can't? Show. Nope. Okay. Nope. The, show. Actually, I'll answer it and I'll tell you, tell you why. Um, when I was in college, starving student, my um, friend and I rented a place that was right on the tracks, literally 50 feet from the tracks. And the train came through late at night, probably two or three in the morning. And the, the first week, it was like someone hit you with the defib because you just went, ah, <laughs> the train came by. <laughs> and it, after a week, you didn't even notice it, didn't even hear it. But when it, visitors would come and stay with us, they had that experience. And it was always kind of funny. But the reason I'm asking is uh, we will frequently look at property that's on a train track when on our Thursday calls. And I wondered what your um, thoughts were about whether that really has much effect on will, whether the property is going to sell at a good price. I don't even, doesn't, it weighs in a little bit depending on what the use is. If it's going to be a house and it's like just an acre and a half, oh, that's going to make a difference. But 40 acres and the train tracks behind there, I don't know, I care. Great. There's 
that's fine. <laughs> I'm with Jill, uh, but it has to be price adjusted because of that. Yeah. 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 That's what I found with the property I bought, right. You know, where the tracks border the property, same thing, you know, two acres tracks on the property. You get a lot of people who say, nah, before you get someone who says, yeah, I want to buy that because it's affordable, but you end up, it ends up taking more time. That's what I've found. So, okay. So um, the meat of the show were beyond, beyond meat, depending on your preference. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have a couple of questions. For you. Quinoa for this one, That's by right. the way. <laughs> the quinoa of the show. <laughs> Oh my God, that's that's brand new. Yeah, <laughs> beyond me. Um, okay, so I have a lot of exposure, as you do, to newcomers to this business, and um, hear a lot of questions and have them seek advice about should I do this, should I do that. So I know you've been around a lot longer than I have in doing this, and wanted to see what what would you say your top the top three mistakes are the beginners make that they have to correct before they're really going to take off in this business. Let me go first. Sure. Number one, they got to get out of their own head. They got it. They, I see people coming along and they, they think they know it better. Well, this doesn't make sense. I'm going to, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. They have to forget what they know and, and trust us and, and follow, follow the steps. That's number one. Um, number two, they they may have to accept they need to learn some things like technical stuff. I watch people coming in here and thinking I can do yeah, this, you point. know, and not have the skills. And this is a lot. You you picked up on this too. Like you may need to look, get brush up on your Excel and things like that because it's so data heavy that you you know, and it may take a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. um, and another thing is too, people come in. I'll be honest, I need to, they need to be able to afford to do this. Um, I don't want people, I want people to be successful. And I, I'm always telling people, if this is not the right time, you don't have the funds to do this, don't worry about it. Wait a year, do whatever you got to do, you know, sit tight to you can, because you can't be under the gun. Um, and I think people come in here with unrealistic expectations and they need some money to get going. Hmm. Those are my three. Yeah. So I'm, I might answer one, two, three, or I might answer just one and then it's an offshoot and then, I, or I might have 17 of these. Oh, here we go. Go for it. Number one, uh, first and foremost is you just have to, um, understand that this is you being successful mm -hmm. and land Academy is just a tool. You know, if you turn a screwdriver that's been worn down and used, uh, for 30 years and expect to turn a screw, that's not going to happen. But if, you know, Land Academy is a brand new screwdriver, but it's not going to do anything if it's sitting in the toolbox. So it comes down to you. And I think that there's a few, several things that you can, uh, as a potential new Land Academy member that you have to ask yourself, do I have enough money? Am I going to take personal, personal responsibility for making this uh, successful and use the screwdriver the way that it was intended? And am I going to, can I mentally deal with because of past experiences, the ups and downs of this? And it's not just land Academy, it's anything. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of ups and downs to this and a lot of moving parts. And I think, uh, a lot people who have not owned businesses in the past or had some type of success and failure on their own, I don't think this is the best environment for them. Mm -hmm. 
I'm trying to think of people in Discord too, like some of that stuff that that I think is happening between Discord and land investors. And I think sometimes people don't take a moment to like do their own research. Yeah. You know, that goes along because your answers are probably right there. You know, mm-hmm. even before I tell people this too, before you call the county, why don't you spend five minutes and see if you could solve it yourself? Or at least when you call them, you're going to sound like you you tried, you know? So if you ask me, so if, if you go into Discord or something, you have a question about fill in the blank and you search for it for a little bit and then you're not finding it, then please answer. Otherwise it's a little annoying, I'm sure for all of us too, to keep answering. I do, I know, you know, and that's kind of where Land Academy came to be. Instead of answering the same question over and over again, we thought we'll make a program. <laughs> Here's a thought <laughs> and everybody can watch it and learn and then ask me questions. That, you know, that's a great question. I could go on about this for an hour. Probably 2% of the people that uh, join Land Academy have that are loud enough where we hear about it, where they're having serious problems. 98% of the other people, uh, are, let's just say 10% of, the, of, of the, six, uh, the rest of everybody does extremely well and we never hear about it. And so, and they come, you know where we know about this in, in uh, career, career path. path. People come out of the woodwork, like we have a guy in there, his name's Ike right yeah. now. He makes $7 million a year. He's like, yeah, I don't know, just keep like, doubling it. I don't know, like, what's, what? the, what's the problem? Like, we're, we're like, where have you been? He's like, I've been here the whole time, just kind of quietly doing my thing. I listen to you guys, I do what you said. I'm yeah. like, wow. <laughs> and we had somebody uh, who will, will rename, uh, remain nameless in the last one saying, forever saying, I just send out 6,000 offers and this doesn't work. Yeah. And they don't say it with that tone of voice. They say it with no confidence yeah. and, and they're not into it. And it's not somebody that I would want to talk to on the phone, not even once. Yeah. I wouldn't make it through a first date, you know? So you just have to really look at yourself and say, am I a dynamic person like Jill? That's what you have to ask yourself. Mm. Really dynamic people seem to do like, and like you, Lori, seem to do great at this. Mm -hmm. Um, There were, there were a couple of things that I want to add to that. One, I see a lot of beginners trying to minimize the amount of mail they send. Yes. They want to, they want to, uh, reduce, you know, their, their data download by adding all kinds of parameters. They add dumb stuff, simply dumb stuff like assessed value. Come on. Search assessed value on the land investors forum. It's free or on discord. If you're a member and you will find a ton of responses by people who who've bought and sold a lot of land about assessed value. And without exception, every single one of them says, ignore assessed value. But I see a lot of beginners saying, well, if I leave assessed value in there, I may end up with um, $2 million property in my list. So what? (laughs) Really? So what? The amount of time that it takes to sort through that stuff is crazy. And we we know that I'm not going to repeat what you can already find in either of those locations, but we know that assessed value really doesn't have anything to do with what the market value of a property is. Yeah. So that was one of the other things I see. Also, people who try to make these, I'll call them indirect offers, where they send postcards, where they send ranged offers or neutral letters or any of these kind of things. I mean, just go ahead outside in your fire pit and throw your money in there and light it. 
I agree. I agree. And while you're doing it, can spend st- an extra week on the phone talking to these people that are all just want to talk. I see how this interview is going to go. You're going to say all the stuff this that awesome. I've always wanted to say. This is great. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, they're not actually going to spend time on the phone talking to people, Jill, because they're going to let them all go to voicemail. There, oh, that's true. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> That's Google Voice, by the way. Google or Voice. Google now. Voice. And it's going to ring 12 times on Google Voice. And then it's going to roll over to their personal cell and they're going to yep. go, oh, I don't want to answer that. They might be mad. Right? Exactly. So, these yep. are, and, and I got to say, these are all things I thought of or did when I was brand new. I learned pretty quickly, though, from. People like, you know, reading the forums and reading all the stuff that Kevin Farrell has posted, just invaluable. Luke Smith, all of these guys who've done this before and said, don't do that. And here's why. So, you know, if you've done this, don't feel stupid. Well, join the ranks. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But those are those are habits or habits or, you know, things that you're trying that you just got to walk away from and the directions in in. 3.0 in cash flow for land and 1.0, they're very simple. They're very direct. And that's what you need to do to be successful. I think it, it would be a very good idea if you, listener, are thinking about joining Land Academy and you're midway through your research, let's say. I think I would take a couple of days off and uh, philosophically ask yourself, is this for you? In fact, ask, uh, ask us on land investors or schedule a call. I don't know how you can best reach us through whatever, but that's, it really comes down to that one sentence because mm-hmm. I've tried to play the guitar my entire life and I'm really, uh, want to do it. I, but do I sit down for an hour and practice every day? No, this is what this takes. It's, it takes sitting down for hours and hours and hours and obsessing on it and believing that it works right from the beginning and then doing whatever it takes to make it, uh, to make it work. Yeah. So is this for you? No. It's also not going to work. I'm going to flat out sense this is how this interview is going, which I love. I'm flat out going to tell you, if you don't have any money, this is not going to work for you. You need to have money to send out mail. Uh, and you need to make sure that whatever life expenses that you're incurring, uh, your rents or, or whatever it ends up being, um, you've got another source of income to, to cover, cover that. all that because you're not going to join land Academy with no money or very little money send out, a, spend all your money on a mailer uh, and wonder where your rent's going to come from. It's just not, it's not the right time to do this. Right. If ever. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Good. Um, okay. So let's talk about the flip side of that. There are people that like Ike that you mentioned and, and lots of other people that have been really active on discord and have done gone through career path and have just killed it, just made a ton of money in a short period of time, a lot of them in a very short period of time, um, without bringing a whole lot of real estate background, if any at all, to what they're doing. So what would you say they do that, you know, what's, what are the habits that, that new people can leap straight into that'll put them on the road to fast success? Do not even bat an eye about mail and send out more than you think you can handle. 
we we just had the advance call um yes was it yesterday mm -hmm. yeah yesterday and that was the underlying theme you know and now they're almost even kind of one-upping each other you only did ten thousand. well i did fifteen thousand yeah. last week you know kind of yeah. thing they know the value of the more mail you send the more offers you have back the more you can pick and choose the best ones and you will not make mistakes and just keep on doing you have to you have to push yourself, but that I think is the underlying theme is they don't even think about it. There, there is no budget for their mail. They just know I need more deal flow. All right, do it, do it again. I mean, I can answer that question in one word, fearless. Mm -hmm. When Joe's phone rings, yeah. she is fearless about who's on the other end. She doesn't fret about it. She enjoys it. And she knows whatever's on the other end of that phone, she's going to handle it, mm -hmm. including hanging up if that's what she needs to do, which I've actually never seen you do. Right. So it you have to, have blatant disregard for your own comfort and, and uh, just plow forward and do whatever it takes to, to make it uh, successful. There's a guy on the same call, advanced call is cracking us all up. He joined, I don't know when he joined, he, he downloaded 60 or 80,000 records, sent the mail out and he's never done another download in his life. He keeps every three months sending the same 60,000 out and the same 60,000 out and pulling three and four deals out of it or four or five deals out of it. And over and over and over again, the exact same mailer doesn't update it. And so, and, and he's shaking his head going, I don't know why everybody else doesn't do this. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's almost like uh, this is the theme last week in career path. You have to care. You have to just not care. I think if you have the resources at your disposal, like money and time, and you don't really care, but you are going to go through the motions and do it. I, you know, the older I get, the less I care about stuff. And I seem to be more successful. <laughs> All right. What else? You're, you're talking to these folks. Um, well, some of them, like you said, you just never see again. And then you find out, uh, and there's a couple of people that contact me every once in a while when they have these massive deals and, and need help finding funding for them. And, and, you know, I'll dig into what they've done and meet with them and say, you know, Hey, tell me about what you, what you've been doing. Well, I'm a land Academy member. I've been in stealth mode for three years and I've done, you know, 250 subdivides. <laughs> and I've, I make about $4 million a year and I'm 29 years old. Yeah. And yes. So tell me what else, what else do you hear or see or, or know about these people that are really successful? I got two more good ones too. Cause I'm, and I, I, cause I see these people in career path. Number one, they're like us. They're always learning, even though they're making that much money and they're doing everything great. They're coming to career path to learn a little bit more, to get to maybe tweak it, maybe improve it a little bit better, maybe get more efficient, maybe learn how to hire that kind of a person, or just maybe how to restructure their business so it's even better. So they nonstop learn like we do. We are nonstop learning all, all the time. I'm, I'm tweaking all the time. And then the, um, the second thing that I watch these people do is they sit down and they're good about setting goals. People, mm -hmm. and, and I learned this um, a while back. And when you sit down and write something on the piece of paper and have a sticky note about whether it's a, an annual goal, uh, about money, or when you're going to quit your job, or how many deals you're going to do this month, 
you know, and what the money's going to be. Usually these guys have these big goals, like I'm going to hit, I'm going to break this much money this year kind of thing. And it's staring at them. Every decision that they make, they are, they are reminded of that goal. They're not going to do buy for two, sell for $6,000. They're going to buy for 20 and sell for 60 because that's goals always in the back of their head. And these guys, they hit them. They, they just do as do we. It comes to me in the form of a thank you note um, in my email. Mm -hmm. And I probably get one or two or three a month ish, sometimes way more, sometimes none. And it says, Hey, I just wanted, I was a land Academy member from 2016 to 2018, or, uh, or I'm still a land Academy member, but I'm not real vocal anymore. I just wanted to thank you. My wife quit her job in 2019. Mm -hmm. We've had a baby, you know, I make this amount of money now. It's all because of you. And I, and I'm really paraphrasing. It's very heartfelt mm -hmm. and like, you know, let me know if I can do anything for you yeah. guys kind of thing. So Decent. it's not so much a, a conversation as it is just thanks. Mm -hmm. Which and is I get some that say you suck. <laughs> <laughs> you mean from land academy members? <laughs> no, just no. Just uh, just because we have a show. You're I think silly. if you have a show, you're gonna suck no. to somebody. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's, That's funny. funny. That's yeah. great. I think, I think like you were saying, continuing to learn is so important because if you look at the progression of, of courses that you offer, how they've changed over the years, as well as your own experiences, you desert squares used to be, you know, a great way to, to launch and, you know, make a couple thousand to make a couple thousand more on once you sell those and so on and so on and so on. They still are. But we all know now from experience that you're going to put as much effort, maybe more, into buying for a thousand, selling for two thousand, as you will buying for ten thousand, selling for twenty. And we also know that money isn't a problem anymore when it comes to buying property. There are plenty of people who want to fund your deals for you. Yeah. Not as many people who are willing to pay for your mail. So that's something where uh, you were saying about you need that money to start. I think your education as well as your data and your mail is really where that's going to go or where it should go. It's funny you're mentioning that we're bringing this topic up because right before this call, I'm putting together a spreadsheet and I'm going to present it on the Thursday call tomorrow about managing cash flow throughout the year and how much mail you have to send out. And there's an, and I'm what I'm finding by really digging through these numbers, and I'll do the whole presentation uh, on the call is that there's a fixed cost is, you know, how much a stamp costs. Mm -hmm. And so there is an optimum number. If you're only going to do four or five deals a month or even one or two deals a month, whatever your threshold is, because there's a fixed amount of mail in general that you have to do to yield one property of one acquisition. And there's the, price of the mail is fixed, buying a uh, $1,000 property and selling it for 5,000 might not be the threshold to, to actually, even if you do five or six of those deals, you got to do a ton of deals because of those fixed costs. Mm -hmm. And we all know they're harder to do than uh, bigger deals. So I'll present it tomorrow, but it's simple math like that and calculations and taking responsibility for uh, how much mail you send out, calculating what's going to make it work for you. You asked earlier, 
successful people in land Academy and probably in anything in life, take it on, take that responsibility on themselves True. to do individual calculations like that and say, you know what? I don't want to buy for 5,000, uh, and sell for 10. I don't, and you know what? I don't even want to do it like the way Jack and Jill do it. Buy for 30, sell for, uh, you know, 90. I'm just going to cut to the chase, do two or three deals a year, send out 60,000 letters, but I want to buy for a 200 and sell for uh, three or 400. Or 900. Yeah. That's not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think uh, successful people do not do it alone. And when I say don't do it alone, really in two ways. One, they outsource as much as they possibly can because you cannot be great at everything you have to do to be successful in this business. You, it, I just, I've never met the person who can do everything and do it at any kind of scale. And the other thing is just networking with other people, like-minded people, whether it's in a mastermind, whether it's on a forum, what, uh, an accountability group. Um, I've been part of all these things at, at different times and still am now. And it makes such a huge difference to hear what you know people are thinking. We're all asking the same questions about you know the economy and the effect on real estate and the strength of the real estate market versus other investments you could have right now. Um, one of the guys in one of my groups sold his house, bought an RV, and has been traveling around the country. He's about three thousand plus miles from where he originally started. He sends out about forty thousand letters a month. And just works from there. So, and is having a ball. And it's, uh, you know, there, there, we hear other stories. There are other people who don't even live in the U.S. that are doing this, that there's several um, in time zones that are, you know, pretty far away. So it's probably difficult for them to be taking calls themselves. But it, it definitely gives you that flexibility. So that's another question I want to go to is to be really successful in this business. Can you do this and a full-time job elsewhere? What do yeah. you think? We just talked to Nathan C. about it. We just interviewed him on a podcast. He's a, he's a pharmacist, pharmacist with little kids. It depends he's on like what you think really successful is. Two and four years old, he's in career path. And, and, uh, they, they're doing great. So, you know what, it's, you cannot, you can, let's back up. <laughs> this is a big topic for you. Yeah. I'm glad really you is. asked. I'm really glad this is coming up. If I had to do nothing, but run my land company, our land company, I could do it in four to six hours a week on a busy week. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's not that bad. I log in because I, I have, like we just talked about, I have the right people in place. And really mm -hmm. it's somebody else answering my phone. Big deal. It, it's me and one other person. Me and one other person are killing it technically. Yeah. You know, and that's all you need. That person's my intake person. That person makes sure the calls get input. They make sure all the data is there so I can sit and review the deals once a day, if that. Um, and they make sure the things I buy them, they go through escrow. They make sure everything's closes on time. They make sure that the guy I picked out, I want to sell it. We got the listing agreement going on time. You know, I'm, I'm farming all this out. It doesn't take that long. So heck yeah, you could have a full-time job and do this. The hardest part is just the, the, 
you know, the week, the, the weeks that you need getting started to put think, your head down years. Well, I mean, just even when you get the education and really put your head down and focus and map that out and think about all the steps and put them into play. And, you know, I wrote a blog years ago and I, you know, is how you could do this on in six weeks, how you could do a deal start to finish only having Sunday afternoon, you know, the first mm-hmm. Sunday afternoon, you know, you're spending picking the county, got it done. Fast forward a week, next Sunday, you download the data, you figure out your pricing, scrub it, you get it ready for the mail to go out. That's, that's the next Sunday afternoon. The next Sunday afternoon, you um, hopefully by the mail went out. Now you got calls coming in. Great. Then you're going to pick all the deals you want. The next Sunday, you're buying all the deals. The following Sunday, you're posting them for sales. Are you doing it on your own? And then the following Sunday, hopefully you're selling them. And, and do we all have deals? Lori, you too. Selling like, I didn't mean it to sell that fast. Shoot, 24 hours in, I got a full price cash offer. Okay, that could happen. So you could, that was 45 days, you know, roughly start to finish with a full-time job. So, yeah. Everybody's motivated by different stuff. Uh, I, I, I am purely motivated by not having a job. That if, you know, and that's never changed. And and it's not that I want to be a house husband, which I actually, there was a long period in my life where I'm like, God, if I could just be a house husband, that'd be great. We didn't know each other at that time because we probably would have made that work. True. (laughs) My motivation is not to go to work. My motivation is not to get three Ferraris or live in a mansion or any of that stuff that ended up happening anyway, probably because of Joe. But (laughs) if I can just wake up in the morning and say, I don't have to go to a job, even if I work 80 hours on my own job, on my own stuff. So my motivation is not to have a job. So I question what the motivation is with somebody who has a full-time job and is doing really, really well at this. Do they, where's, I guess it leads me to a commitment question and a confidence question. You know, I'm super confident. I'm making a bunch of money. I'm committed and sold on, completely sold on and tested buying and selling land. Why am I a pharmacist still? Hmm. Well, yeah, I think it, I think there's as many different reasons for that as there are people that that have full-time jobs out there. But one of the things I I have seen is people that just aren't confident enough that when they bail from their job, they're going to uh, make whatever income they need to live on and that and then more to to be comfortable. And yeah. You know, that's like you said at the very beginning mindset. Mm-hmm. I was, I always tell people that, you know, then have as much, whatever money, put money in the bank that you've got this year's salary covered and maybe half of next yeah. year's salary covered, yep. you know, whatever your threshold is, then don't do it until you have that ready to go. And I remember we had a member a while back. He used, that's how he used to think like his, his family planning was we have nine months of our expenses paid for. Now we have 18 months of our expenses paid for. And that's how he kind of thought, looked at things with his bank balance. I'm like, that's kind of cool. We just look at the big numbers. I don't think about it. You may think about it like that, but so, but then my other thing is then, and whatever that number is for you, you know, make sure it's a good, healthy cushion because the day you quit your job, you should be saying, I should have done this a year ago kind of thing. Then you really know you're, you're golden. What Jill's doing subconsciously, <clears throat> maybe it's conscious by now, is seeing the end. Mm, she yeah. sees how it all ends. 
she sees when the job ends, she sees when the acquisitions and the sale ends, and then how much, uh, you know, and I do the same thing. I'm always planning for the end or the exit of everything. Mm -hmm. And so, because I want to get out of it. You know, this is, we talked about this a couple of days ago or yesterday, there's a fine line between being lazy and really efficient. Those two things in my mind go really hand in hand. Every time yeah. I do a task with anything, I, I don't just do the task. I'm trying to figure out, here's a great example. The guy that runs O2O is starting to incur expenses that are kind of weird, all in the name of efficiency. And we don't have a system in place to, to allow him to charge those own expenses and, and uh, just pay for stuff without contacting us or, or the managers that we have. And so rather than say, oh, here's my credit card number and figure it all out. And now I'm going to, it's going to take me two days. I got to walk into a bank like it's 1974 and do a bunch of stuff to make sure that he's got his own separate account, that it fits within my bookkeeping scheme and all of that. And I'll never have to deal with this again. Mm -hmm. And so, and so then I can get closer to the end of doing nothing. Uh, I think you called it chasing zero. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Which is an awesome idea. And one of the, you said something that reminded me of one of the gifts this program has given me, maybe the biggest one is that I will never again have to say, here's my resume. Yeah. Yes. So, Yay. Which is good. Um, Isn't that great? It's good for everybody. Exactly. <laughs> Family Especially life. the recipient of your resume. <laughs> Especially the recipient. resume. The people who think they want it. Yeah. Um, okay. So on the, let's go back for a minute to continuing education. What do you guys do? Oh, I read everything I can get my hands on and, uh, that will, that's not necessarily related to what we do. Um, it's just kind of just, um, being more efficient, um, being a better boss, even, I don't know what, wow. what are you looking it's, at me? Like it's impressive as hell. Oh, well, thank you. I don't read up on how to be a better boss. <laughs> no, you don't. That's for sure. <laughs> just kidding. I put the people in, I put the people in place. I got to address this for a minute. Oh, hold on. <clears throat> Time out. We're going to have a little partner meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't read up on how to be a better boss. I make sure yeah. I hire people who don't need a boss, who need no leadership whatsoever. Well, it we doesn't all... always go as planned. <laughs> yeah, but then they solve it. Okay. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, that, that's that's what I do. Like, I, I love learning more about, um, you know what it is? It's like, I don't, it's reading up on prof other professionals and how they got there, whether mm. it's Warren Buffett or fill in the blank, you know, rock star in that industry, I'm going to pull something out of that. That's going to pull me up. And it's my way of trying to be with, with those as my peers, if that makes sense. I don't do any of that. <laughs> <clears throat> what I do, and it's not scheduled. It's really just comes out of my pores Yeah, is looking for new tools to make stuff better, hmm. a better data source. That's how data tree came up. We used to use real quest. We don't anymore. We use data tree now and uh, I'm very happy with data tree, but I'm very confident they're either going to re-release it with new features at some point, which they do all the time, or there'll be another company that can provide data for us all. Uh, you know, that's better. Yes. And, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll latch onto that. Same thing with, you know, neighbor scoops, a great example. We weren't getting the data. We, I couldn't find a, a source of data for us to review products. Uh, so we've developed our own. 
And so I'm constantly looking for new ways to improve on the efficiency of these mailers, mailer yield, uh, people who are going to answer your phone more effectively, or in, in a lot of cases, creating the tools for us that we can eventually replicate for Land Academy members to do stuff better. Mm. A great, one, I'm fascinated with the set, uh, you know, with blockchain and, and the way that, and, and mm-hmm. uh, land trusts now, uh, which are kind of new to me and not new to a lot of people I'm finding out. So I think there's going to be a much better and easier way for us land Academy members and, and eventually everybody to transfer ownership for real estate. And I would like to be on the, the, the right on the cutting edge or front end of that, which is now. Mm-hmm. Um, it, Teton County, Wyoming, has put all their real estate records on blockchain. And if you haven't, for anyone listening, if anyone is listening, (laughs) go to Teton County's website and look at their assessor site and their their court records, their recorders records. They're all online and you can see it's really cool. You can see the transactions and they've gone way back. There's another county in Wyoming who announced maybe a year, year and a half ago that they were doing the same thing. I don't know which one it is, but I'm sure it's pretty easy to find because there just aren't many places that have have done that. But it's it's I want to say it's somewhat primitive from the, the concept of what I think you're talking about, Steve, with respect to having the whole transaction be on blockchain as opposed to just the record. Um, you know, the courthouse record being on blockchain, but the impact it's going to have on the need for attorneys, for title companies, for survey or not serve, well, surveyors, yeah, to some degree. Any any of those people that currently participate in the whole closing headache uh, will be minimized, if not gone completely. So I, I think it'll be a great thing when that happens. And then there is also the the uh, Wyoming land that was divided up. And I think I sent you the article about that and you talked a little bit about it. Uh, I'm not sure where, but recently about someone who bought 640 acres, divided it into small pieces and put it all, um, set it up so that you can with crypto buy your own little piece of the 640 acres without having to have everything retitled in in your name without having to go through a closing process you just do it through crypto i'm i'm sure butchering the details of it but it's a pretty neat concept wyoming is uh to take this a couple sec- uh, steps further i don't know have any idea why but wyoming has self appointed uh to to be the the absolute cutting edge leader in having uh property change hands through uh, NF, uh, NFTs, you know, non-financial tokens, I think the acronym stands for. And there is a, a, they passed a law late in the late last year where it allows, it, they recognize these groups, uh, I think it's called a DAO. And I'm not, again, I'm not exactly sure what the acronym mm-hmm. stands for as a legal entity that can hold real estate. And so you can join a DAO, a DAO, and you can pay for it with using NFT, which is uh, backed by crypto. And so all this, all this is recording on the, uh, recorded on the blockchain to buy and sell real estate, which allows the entity itself to own the real estate. So there's no more transferring the entity, which is a real hassle in real estate, transferring ownership. 
but to own certain parts of it. And so, and then that, that entity can go buy another one, another piece of property. And, and it's, this is all, all under the guise of theoretically similar interests, like let's say overlanding or uh, organic farming. Does it ever play out that way? No, but what it really is, it's getting, uh, taking step after step after step toward people who have 50 bucks owning and using 40 acres in, in uh, Wyoming, which is very, very hard to do. You know more than most, Lori, because um, you got to be an accredited investor, you, you know, selling, selling shares of anything that, that circumvents theoretically all of that, or at least it does right now. I love all this stuff. Yeah, it's, um, it's coming. So, mm-hmm. uh, okay, so changing the topic a little bit, I want to know what the your biggest whoops or the the funniest thing that's happened to you in the course of a transaction or a mail or um, that you can either laugh about now or you laughed about then. <laughs> you want to go? First? I haven't honestly lost a lot of money. Yeah, uh, th- there were. I got caught with my pants down on a, you know, only because I just in around 2009, because we were chugging along, just killing it, smashing it, buying and selling real estate. And then the markets just dropped, which I didn't even think was possible. You know, I just read recently because I'm really trying to keep, stay above, uh, stay ahead of what might happen economically that would affect us in our land academy group. Right. And I read and the first sentence in the article was, there's only ever been two times in the history of the country where real estate values have, as a whole have gone down. 1929, stock market crash. Mm-hmm. We solved a lot of that now with regulations and how the market gets traded. And 2009, because of the, 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 the way lenders uh, lent money to buy real estate, well, we solved that through regulations too. So is it going to happen again? For sure. Is it going to happen like in our lifetimes? Very, very, very unlikely. So we, that said, we got pounded, Jill and I got pounded because we had a single point of failure, which was eBay buying and selling land. We kind of re, we kind of created that real estate category. We didn't create it ourselves, but we were material and making it really popular. And that stopped. It stopped overnight. In fact, it stopped in like, oh, nine, maybe 10. And the, the real real estate crash or crash for bubbles stopped started to have issues in 2007. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching it in 2007 and I'm like, wow, we're still selling a lot of real estate 2008. Wow. We're selling real estate 2009. Well, I'm invincible. I'm uh, not, I'm immune from the rest of the real estate market. My model is uh, perfect. And then one day I woke up and people stopped bidding. And so mm-hmm. Jill and Jill was, uh, we were involved in this together by then. And she, mm-hmm. she was the one who's really, restructured everything and we got rid of the real estate that we had effectively. And, and, uh, so that was a huge mistake on my part, all because of ego. Trying to think of some funny, funny oops or something like that. And my, my greatest, silliest, dumbest stories, I'll tell you, it was always the cheapest properties. So I don't have any big oops right now because Mm -hmm. we're buying for, you know, 30 to 50,000 and, you know, selling for, 60, 70, 80, 110, whatever. That's like kind of one of my favorite little things or, or more or bigger. So, and there's always the bigger, the transaction, it's always easier. You've got, if anything comes up that you have to do that you accounted for, you know, like, great, I got to pay this 
see so flipping what I don't, I don't care about it. But back in the day, those are our biggest things. It's these stupid little, when we were buying for, I mean, we had properties back in the day picked up for $11, right? So we're selling them on eBay and the amount of work that would go into those. And I can't tell you the number of drunk people that would <laughs> click the button at Saturday night at 2 a.m. And they check out and they, and I'm like, oh no, here we come. They don't, they don't remember. And then I would get stories like, my four-year-old must have done that. They took my computer. Mm. Your four-year-old is on eBay buying property? <laughs> like, what the heck? And then this, and then back in the day too, it was such a big deal to have a high rating. I'm so glad these days are over, but you needed to have, you know, all these transactions and this, your eBay history was gold. And so I strove to have nothing but, you know, five star or whatever it was back then. And if ever anybody read a, get a, a bad review, here I come, I'd have to come in and go, how are we going to solve this? And I had to get so creative with these things. I'll never forget one guy. I said, look, here's what we're going to do. You, this was clearly a mistake, whatever, whatever reason you want to say your wife changed or whatever. I don't flip and care. Um, you're going to deed it back to me. I'm going to send you a refund and I'm going to include in there a couple beers for tonight. And he had a good laugh about it. I'm going to include 20 bucks. So your first couple beers are on me tonight. He's like, you know what? That sounds good. That's all it took to solve yeah. it. But never mind all the time and effort I went into to undo the transaction. And, and so I'm so glad those days are over, but that was, that was the thing back then. They'd be like, I'm like, here we go. I got to undo this, get it. I got to deed it back and all the meh. It was funny. We have a couple of properties right now. Like <laughs> anyone who does this that we've owned for more than a year, not, not the best acquisition decision. Uh, and when you still own it, if we wanted to, we could write the price down dramatically and, you know, and only make 20 or 30 or 40% instead of two or 300%. And so we've, that happens to everybody. Yeah. I did a mistake a couple of years ago too, where I, I trusted someone. That was my, that, I don't do that again. Now I really look, I'm like, Hey, yeah. this person knows their stuff. I'm going to, I'm going to, I trust this deal. I didn't even look at it. I, here's the money yeah. and everything. And then after about nine months of it, not selling, he was like, so embarrassed. It's kind of like he threw me the keys and said, sorry, I guess I made a mistake. I'm like, you think so. <laughs> and then I finally sold it just uh, like in the last Wow, nine months I sold it, maybe six months, and pretty much sold it for what I paid for it. Like <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> We're, okay, we so are, yeah, go ahead. Those deals where you realize after the fact that you made a mistake. What what was your mistake? Did you miss the comps? Did you not do good due diligence? Did you I, just get a, a stinker of a, of a manager? What what? mistakes I didn't, didn't make. I didn't do, I did not do my own due diligence because I could handle the stinker of a manager. So I didn't, I didn't yeah. do what I normally do. And now I don't do that anymore. That was, I learned. These, all these mistakes <laughs> we're talking about are all deal funding and they're not our deals with that. Except we buy for the personally. eBay stuff, but that was those weirdo people. And they're, and we don't make those deal funding mistakes uh, any longer. Unfortunately, the, the, negative result of that there's a positive result and a negative result the negative result is we don't do as many deals we're just very 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 not very, really picky very choosy yeah. and so we don't make as much money there's there's deals that we know that go on in our group where people are making millions and we're passing on these deals because it's just like i don't that's just slightly over my risk threshold right that's the ones that i made a mistake and i even got one right now that we're not going to bring up because it's still not sold yet um and uh where I kind of trusted the manager is not panning out like it should. 
So learn my lesson. So two times. <laughs> <laughs> two out of 16,000. I'm okay with that. That's, that's all right. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So my last question for you uh, is what is your next goal? I know that Jill, you can't say getting an NSX. Sorry. <laughs> and Steve, you can't say getting another Corvette. But what's your next goal? Whether it's whether it's business, personal, I mean, is retirement, any of those things. What do you think? I don't know what my next goal is. I know what mine is to go first. I I we haven't really taken a good vacation in a couple of years. Like mm. My, my next goal is to, especially this year, 2022, I want to, I want to back off a little bit. I'm like, we're not doing career path in the third quarter by design. I'm like, I'm, I need a break. Um, I love it. It's profitable. I love the people I love helping, but I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to not be, I'm not going to be as helpful as I can if I don't get a little break. So, <laughs> you know, you know, mommy needs a little time yes. off too. So I need, that's, that's my next goal in getting more efficient, um, even more efficient in, in my side of the business and not being as involved. I'm full blown in exit planning mode. Bad. So Jill and I, here's how it breaks down. Jill and I probably spend maybe 30 hours, 20, 20, maybe right now 30 for sure. Cause we're, we've uh, lost staff because of the environment we're in, but Running Land Academy takes probably 20 hours a week each for us, maybe maybe 25. And running the land companies takes, takes each of us four. maybe, oh, <laughs> takes me like a half hour a month. Yeah. So I have a full-blown exit in mind for uh, Land Academy at some point and the printing company and all the other stuff. And it's not, it's not anytime soon, but I'm in full-blown, we're going to exit out of it. But we'll never be done. We're never yeah. going to not do. We'll it. never not sell, buy and sell land. Oh we'll yeah, never stop doing that. It's it's crazy. It's too just easy. might evolve. Yeah, we'll see. I have, you know, Steve. You talked about. I think you mentioned last week um, doing some business related in corp in course or instruction advice. I, I don't know what the format is, but I've had people contact me and say, "Do you think I can?" build a business doing this that I can sell? And the answer is, yeah, if it's not tied to you, if it yep. can operate without you completely, then yeah, you can sell it unless you want a job and unless you want to go work for someone else. So um, with some of the people that I've seen be successful in very, very quickly, you know, they've got a model, they've got a, a process and I think process is a big part of it. It can be boring, it can be really boring putting together your training videos and hiring person after person after person until you get the person who doesn't need to be supervised and that kind of thing. But no question, you can create value to the point where someone's going to want to buy it. So, and then you can start all over. You know, we started Land Academy with the thought that when we're on the camera, like we are right now, this is all the work we're going to do. And so, and it worked great for a while. You know, we, all we had to do was Thursday was our packed with recording uh, podcasts, doing the Thursday call and whatever else. Um, 
So we entrusted a lot. This hat this is the same old business story as, as a business consultant. You've probably heard this a million times. And so we, we uh, threw the keys at somebody and, and she ran it for about two years and was just, we're uncovering now the stuff that she was covering up. So, and, and so now it's not just Thursday in front of the camera, which is what we intended. Now it's like, all right, we got to restaff it. We got, we've got to put the policies and procedures in place that we're never being followed. We have to get rid of the people that were, were poisoned by uh, how this, this person's leadership. A lot of this was a direct result of uh, work at home. You know, mm. for, for a year, I've been saying, oh my God, work at home was the greatest yeah. thing. Well, it's because we didn't truly know what was going on. We didn't know what was going and on. And I take a total responsibility for yeah. that. We're putting systems in place now where that's not possible. All the while, our revenue is going up. Our expenses are staying the same. And I'm looking at it and it's like, oh, this is great. Now it's, it's, it's okay. crazy. No, I'm, it's, no, it's not tragic by no. any sense, but it I'm just needs to be, changes. we need to be more involved in that. Yeah. That's all. It's okay. Well, I could ask another two dozen questions, but we'll save them for another, for another day. So this thank you very much. I appreciate you joining me on today's podcast. <laughs> Awesome. I like this. I love it. We should do this. Yeah. Make this like a monthly thing or something. That would be cool. That'd be great. I like that. And then Lori, that would be kind of cute. Lori, you could theme them like this week, this month, we're going to ask this kind of stuff. And oh, I think this would be awesome. I do think there's a, before we end this, I do think there's a offshoot company about just about how to run your business, just to make it not necessarily about buying and selling land, but. I think there's a huge audience or pretend we could potentially help a lot of people it's like yeah you shouldn't really be stressing about payroll this much this is how you do it or yeah. putting up a website shouldn't take you know 90 days it should take about a week mm-hmm. at you know max so i think yeah. there is some business something there what, what do you think Lori? absolutely i answered a, a question this morning about should I make my LLC a single member LLC or a multi-member LLC, which is, is kind of business 201. And it's a, but it's a good question. And you uh, kind of the short version is if you're brand new, you really don't need to worry about it. If you have a lot of money in um, property and you have the property in the name of an LLC, then it's something worth thinking about. But there are trade-offs with all of these decisions, and it's really helpful to know that the decision that's right for you when you're a beginner is soon going to, you know, you're going to cross a threshold where that's not the right decision anymore, and you've got to make some changes, and here are the changes you have to make, and you have to expect to spend some money on doing that. And, you know, one of the things I found was the, the one thing that I never regretted spending money on was hiring help. And, and as you know, a matter of fact, smacking myself in the head saying, why didn't I do this before when I hired the first person I ever hired, you know, I was afraid I'm not going to have enough money to pay their salary. I'm going to have to fire them after two months because I, you know, won't have the income, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Not true. I mean, there's just, you can gain so much more productivity and efficiency when you have help dealing with the things that otherwise take forever. Yeah. So sorry for that tangent, but 
I love that. No, it's, That's I, great. It's totally. Speaking true. of which, I have to go do a job posting after this. <laughs> I'm not going to respond. Sorry. <laughs> it's not for partner wanted. <laughs> I'm not going to respond. I don't have a resume. Yeah, Lori, yeah. Yeah. will you please submit your resume to? Uh, oh no, just kidding. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, happy you could join us today, yep. right? Five days a week. You can find us here on the <laughs> Land Academy show. And thank you, Lori. This has been awesome. We Thanks really appreciate you and your contribution to Land Academy and our community and everything that you do for us. So. This will air Wednesday, next, uh, this, the most re- soon Wednesday, next Wednesday. Week from today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As we're airing today. it. Yep. Okay, good. Yay. Cool. Thank Thanks, Lori. You. See you soon. Yeah. All right. See ya.